You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. series today and the series is called Healthy Things Grow, right? Healthy Things Grow. You know, when we, when we are feeding our children, in fact, Josie, I think she's grown about half a foot like this year. She's like growing out of all this stuff. I'm like now saying to her, there's no way you can wear that dress out of the house because look how high it is on you. We didn't buy that as a mini skirt. We bought that when it was like down here and now you're trying to wear that. And I'm like, is a dad going, no. You can't wear that outside. And so now she comes up to us and goes, is this too short now, Dad? And, you know, I'm like, oh, where are we going? Are we going to Cardiff? It's probably all right. <laughs> if we're going to church, probably not. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to have real fun here today. And you can tell. All right, Mark chapter 6, we're not going there. If you want to go in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, we're going to kind of hang around Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 uh, over this series, which is like one of the best passages that I have ever seen. But in Mark chapter 26, uh, it talks about a seed in the ground which grows by itself. Jesus tells the parable of the seed. It's different to the parable of the sower. It's the parable of the seed. And what he says is that it grows all by itself itself, right? The seed of the Word of God, it gets in our hearts. And if our hearts are healthy, then it grows by itself. Healthy things grow. There's a natural sense of which, you know, it's just going to sprout. It's just going to grow if you add the right amount of water. You know, we, we, we kill every plant in our house. Okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, we, we have in the past killed every plant in our house. And now Beck has a fiddly fig, which is going bananas in the, back, in, the, in the back room. And I've got my little pot of mint out the front, right? Little pot of mint and it always dies because I forget to water it. And then I go, oh no. And so I start watering it and they all come back. And I'm like, this is the best plant on earth. I can't kill it. This is awesome because all my other plants are dead. But healthy things grow. You water them enough, you put the right fertilizer, you take out the rocks in the soil, right? And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants us to grow, right? So we have to focus. Health in your walk with God is about the right focus. It's about getting the right things in order. All right? So let's, let's, let's look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 to 47. It says... Uh, and this is after the birth of the church. This is like immediately after the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost and Peter got up and there was a whole bunch, a huge crowd and 3,000 people get saved. And then it starts to describe what is happening in the early church. And it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Isn't that amazing? Every day they continued to meet together 
in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I love this. After the Holy Spirit is poured out and it's this amazing moment, this, this, this historical moment where the church is birthed where God, where, where the kingdom of God really is starting to take shape, you know, in a really physical and, and lives are being changed. And, and, and the first description of the community of faith is this. And this is like, whoa, this is like the dream right here, right? And I love that it's, they're just talking about the basics right, right at the start here. They devoted themselves to, to the apostles' teaching, right? To the breaking of bread, to communion, to hanging out with each other, to fellowship, right? To, to prayer. They, they, they actually devoted themselves to not some fandangled, you know, fresh thing that's, you know, that someone's sprouting over here, not just some crazy teaching that someone came up with, not the newest kid on the block. No, no, no. It's just the teaching. It's just the fellowship and it's just prayer because those are the three things that will make revival happen in your heart and in this church. Just basics. Just basics. I know that when the basics are not working in my life, I'm, I'm scrounging for breakthrough and I'm struggling over here. And, 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 and every time God's going, well, uh, uh, Darren, hang on a minute. Yeah, you're not, you're not listening. You're, you're, you're not listening. Okay, great. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. Hey, Darren, Darren. Hey, hey, hey. All right, all right. He, he's playing that dumb mobile phone game again. Uh, hey, Darren. Hey, Darren. Hey, the reason you're struggling is because you haven't got the right stuff in the right place. So we're going to talk about prayer today, all right? Prayer. Can I have my bottle of water? Is that okay? I'm like going to die. So on, on, the, on, the, on the chair there, Simo. You can have that one, brother, but that's mine. Sweet. You rock star. All right, I'll try not to kick that over, but if I do... Right. Number one, if you're writing notes, write this down. Prayer changes possibilities, right? Three things on prayer. Prayer changes what is possible, what is a possible outcome in any situation. And I'm talking any situation, anything that's going on, anything that could go on, anything that's happening. Prayer potentially changes the outcome. Why do I say potentially? Because sometimes God wants to change you through prayer. Right? Prayer isn't a method to get what you want. Prayer is an opportunity for you to partner with God. Different, okay? Prayer is the human action that partners with God to release His goodness on the earth, okay? God has chosen, this is gonna mess with us because it messes with me. God has chosen to work through the prayers of men and women and boys and girls. He's chosen to work through our prayer, not through our best intention, not through the dream I had one night, through my prayer. He, he, he doesn't guarantee to fix your situation. He doesn't guarantee to get involved in your problem. 
unless you pray. Unless you activate this conversation with Him whereby you are petitioning Him to get involved. All right? God has bound Himself to the law of prayer. And He doesn't work apart from it. Right? When you pray, you put God to work. Anyone ever heard of this guy, E.M. Bounds? I don't know who gave me this book. It's pink, so I don't often go to it. Let, let, let's, let's be real. But, but it's, I think it should be black. Maybe we just need to, like, you know, get some black contact and then I'll write in chalk on the front because this is a mean, you know, this is a mean book. This has got, so, this is seven books in here on prayer. Seven books in here on prayer and he will mess with your life. This is what he says, Ian Bounce. He, uh, he died in 1832. He's an amazing guy. He says, Prayer is such a condition without which the graces, the salvation and the good of God are not bestowed on men. Prayer is a high privilege, a royal prerogative and manifold and eternal are the losses by failure to exercise it. Prayer is the great universal force to advance God's cause. The reverence which hallows God's name, the ability to do God's will and the establishment of God's kingdom in the hearts of the children of men. Like, right? Let me just read this to you, all right? Because I found this this morning. I'm like, I'll just turn to page one. It's been a while since I've been there. This is what he says. This is on a chapter called The Force That Shapes the World. It's in a book called Purpose in Prayer. He says, the prayers of God's saints are the capital stock in heaven by which Christ carries on His great work on the earth. Great throes and mighty convulsions in the world have come about as a result of those prayers. The earth is changed, revolutionised. Angels move more on the, on, move on more powerful, more rapid wings and God's policy is shaped when the prayers of His people are more numerous and more efficient. Far out. Pastor Phil wrote a book called The Art of Prayer and it's got like, it's got like hundreds of pages and every page is like a punch in the face that I need to get, I need to get my prayer life right. And it's like he's got a poem and a, and a little thing over here and a verse and, and, and every day you, you open it and you go, what is going on? And at the beginning of the book, he says, prayer is not an optional extra. It's on the screen. Prayers are the lungs of the Spirit. Just as surely as our body would die without breathing, our spirit would wither without prayer. The church breathes through prayer. Every living thing breathes. If we don't breathe, we die. So does the church, so does any believer. And then he goes on to say, we are called to bring the atmosphere of another world to this planet, the atmosphere of heaven. This is only possible if we are breathing the air of that place, the air of prayer. Right? Prayer is the vehicle that God uses to unlock His power in the world. Right? Whenever you lack power in a situation, pray. That's, that's the thing to do. You know, you're lacking power in your finance. What's the first thing that we do? We go, all right, let's work out how much is coming in and how much is going out. All right, let's work out how we can cut some costs. Do I really need life insurance? Yes, I do, says the wife. Okay, we'll keep life insurance. No worries. No, 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 no. The first thing to do is to pray. 
The first thing to do, I'm struggling in my marriage. Oh my goodness, she's, what's going on? Oh my goodness. Okay, maybe I just keep needing to be nice. It's all good. It's all good. You know, maybe I should read some more on marriage. Hang on, let's pray. Right? Struggling in my career. The boss is on my back. What's going on? Ah, ah, let's, uh, maybe I need to find a new job. Okay, start looking. Seek.com. There's my resume, resume, resume. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Pray. First, prayer is the vehicle that God uses to unlock His power in the world. It changes what is possible in every and any situation because prayer invites God in to participate in your situation. And guess what? God is good. So if you've invited God to participate in your situation and He is good and His power is readily available to you because you're praying, either you're gonna get a change of mind as to your, your situation or your whole situation is gonna change. Right, James 5, verse, uh, verse 16b in the Passion Translation says, tremendous power is released through the passionate heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Tremendous power. Not like a tiny little drip of power. God, if you could just help this not be so bad. <laughs> if you can, that would be great. And God's going, if I can, <laughs> you just let's pray with a bit of spunk. You know, let's, let's pray with a bit of fire. Like, oh my goodness, God, you created the, the earth with your words. Like, what, what is possible in my situation now? If I just say to you, come on, I need some breakthrough, or this person needs your help, or, you know, this person needs Jesus. Like, God, can you just do some stuff right here, right now, right? Any of you anxious, right? Last, last week, we talked about anxiety, and I was reflecting on, uh, what is it, Philippians 4, verse 7 something, 7-ish, right? It says, do not be anxious about anything. Why? Why is it saying that? Because of the next bit, and it says, but by prayer and petition, present your requests to God, right? And then, then the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, right? Far out, we just gotta pray. Pray, 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 pray. Abraham is walking with God one day and God says, you know, Sodom and, Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm gonna destroy them. They're so evil. There's like so much evil in there. It is inherently evil. I'm gonna destroy both of those towns, both of those cities. And Abraham's like, hey God, um, would, you, would you still do that if 50 righteous people were there? And God's like, all right, okay, I won't do that if 50 righteous people are there. And Abraham goes, maybe, maybe 50 is a too big a number. Uh, it's pretty bad down there. Um, what if there was 45? And God's like, okay, I won't destroy Solomon and Gomorrah if there's 45 righteous people down there. And Abraham's like, um, if I could just speak once more, <laughs> what if there's only 40? And God's like, fair enough, good point. 40, I won't destroy it. And he's like, um, 30, would you take 30? And God's like, I won't destroy it if there's 30. And he goes, what about 20? <laughs> Don't kill me, what about 20? What, about, what, if, what if there's 20 righteous people and God's like, okay, it's all right. And he goes, um, if I might be so bold to speak once more, if, what about 10? 
God's like, okay, good. You made your point. If there's 10, I won't destroy the cities, right? God sends angels down to Sodom and rescues a family, Abraham's nephew, Lot, and his family. And he rescues them out of the city. It's a horrendous story. It's horrid. It's so evil. It's unbelievable. And God rescues them out of this evil situation. And then he destroys the cities because there wasn't even 10 righteous people there. But Abraham's like, God, if you just, what about, what about? Abraham is able to save his family because he petitioned God, because he went before God. Moses, another guy. And God's like, uh, God, Moses is up on the mountain with God. And they're having a great old chin wag over a whole bunch of days. They're having a really good time together. Moses is being blown away by the presence of God. And, and down, down on, you know, in the, in, the, in the Israelite camp, they've all convinced the priest, the high priest Aaron, also known as Aaron, they've, all, they, they've convinced the high priest Aaron, right, to make a golden calf. Let's make a golden calf and then what we'll do is we'll worship that because that's the God that got us out of Egypt. And God's like saying to Moses, they're making a golden calf. I'm gonna wipe them all out. And God says to Moses, you know what? I'm gonna kill them all. I'm gonna start afresh with you. You can, you can make a nation. And, and, and Moses is like, um, what about, and, and Moses says this to God. He says, how about you turn from your anger? Moses is like, God, if you just turned from your anger and loved them into where they're meant to be. This is what it says, Exodus 13, verse 12. It says, Then the Lord relented and did not bring on His people the disaster He had threatened. It's because Moses was bold enough to go to God and pray for His people. So good. Matthew 19 verse 26 says that with man, many things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Matthew 21 verse 22 says, if you believe, you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer, right? Prayer is powerful. When someone offers to pray for you, it is not a token gesture, right? I, I offer to pray for you all the time. And half the time I'll be like, I'm just writing a note so I don't forget. Or I'll be like, hey Siri, remind me on Monday morning to pray for Rosalie's cat or something. <laughs> I don't know. And, and because I need, I need reminders as well, right? If I offer to pray for you, I'm gonna do it. But it's not, it's not powerless. Prayer's not, prayer's not token. Prayer's the best way that I can be involved in your situation from a distance. Right? Because prayer operates regardless of location, regardless of time, regardless of where I am, I can pray for you regardless of where you're at. And it's powerful. Prayer alters outcomes. It adjusts situations. It enables breakthroughs. It shifts attitudes. It unlocks favour. It creates blessing. Prayer declares truth and prayer releases the power of God. Prayer changes what is possible. Number two, I'm only up to number two. Oh gosh, aren't you guys so blessed right now? <laughs> number two, this is much smaller than the other ones. All right, right? Number two, partnership changes perspectives. 
Okay, I love this. Acts 2 verse 42. They devoted themselves. Right? They devoted themselves. It wasn't one person devoting himself. It was a group. There was a body. It was a people. It was a, it was a gathering. It was a fellowship. It was a community of faith. They were devoting themselves to these things. All right, it wasn't just, anyone seen that guy, uh, you know, dancing in a field by himself at some concert thing, right? And he's just out there dancing like a weirdo, right? He's out there dancing like a weirdo and, and, and he's just a weirdo until someone comes up and starts dancing with him. And now he's a leader, right? And then all of a sudden there's like heaps of people dancing with this guy in a field, you know, at some big random concert thing. And it's like, wow. And it's like, this wasn't just one weirdo devoting himself to a few things. It was the body. It was the collegiate. It was the group of people who were saying, you know what? You know what we need? We need the apostles teaching. We need the Word. We need fellowship. We need each other. And we need prayer. We need to pray together. We need to hear God's voice. We need to communicate. We need to, you know, conversate. I don't even even though that's a word. We need to to chat with God. We need to walk with God in prayer. Conversate. There you go. Converse. No, no, no. It's not that anymore. It's conversate. (laughs) Right? Prayer is more powerful when you do it with other people. Right? Why? Because of this little thing called agreement, which is actually a really big thing called agreement. Right? Agreement uh, is like when we're together and we're praying together and it's like, it's like prayer that's going into an amplifier. It's like amplified prayer when there's agreement. When we're praying in agreement, there's like so much more volume to the prayer. The prayer is being amplified. The prayer is like there's, there's more of us together on the same page and we're agreeing that what we're praying for is gonna happen. Matthew 18, verse 19, Jesus says, Again, truly I tell you that if two on earth, just two, if two on earth agree on anything they ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. You know, one of the reasons our prayers lack power is because we're praying alone. Right? We've got to pray together. We had an awesome prayer meeting here this morning at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. till 10.15. It's like a 15-minute prayer meeting. It was like, whoa. And Pastor Simo had something awesome and Todd had something awesome. And I'm just like, yeah, this is what happens when the body gets together. And Tan had something awesome. And it was like, what is going on? This is the best. And then we're all, you could hear, you could hear people going, yeah, yeah, yes, amen, amen. And all of those yeses are agreement. Yeah. It's agreement. It's agreement. You got to get agreement into your prayer world, right? And that we do that by inviting others in. Secondly, partnering with others adjusts our perspective because when the community, listen, I've got a little rhyme here for you, all right? Because it's easy to remember. When the community of faith is unleashed, the prophetic is released. The prophetic is released. Uh, One of our team got a call the other day, got a text, hey, uh, I'm asking a bunch of people to pray for me. Can you pray for my situation? And you know what happened? She got a word. 
She got a word. It's like, whoa, hang on. I just got a, I got a vision. I got a picture for you. This is what I saw. This is what I saw. And the, and, and the vision was prophetic. The vision enabled the person's perspective to change about her situation. Because the prophetic isn't weird. The prophetic is just God's view. It's just what God sees. That's why when we're praying, sometimes you'll be praying for someone and you'll get a vision for them. You'll get, a, you'll get an image or you get a word for them. And that's, that's God revealing to you something about them that He sees, something that He thinks. It might be about their present situation. It might be about their future situation, but it's what God's thinking. It's what God's seeing. And it's powerful. Partnership changes our perspectives. Lastly, passion changes patterns. Lots of peas today. Yeah, this is how Pastor Nate and I like to roll. Actually, it's really just how Pastor Nate likes to roll. I just jump on board sometimes. Passion changes patterns. I love this. Verse 46 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. What? Serious? Every day. Every single day. So what we're going to do... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Their passion for God changed their patterns. Their passion for God changed their habits, changed their day-to-day. Because your passion always changes your day-to-day. Right? I am fully sucked into this mobile phone game. That is, that is a, it's a recreation of a game I used to play as a kid. And I am, I am immersed in this thing. And I'm like, I've got to unlock the stuff every day or I don't get the bonuses. And, and, and they know how to get you in, you know? So I, and I know when all the bonuses reset every day as well. It resets at 6 p.m. So I'm like, oh, hello. I got fresh bonuses now. Here we go, you know? And I'm like, it's starting to change my patterns. I'm starting to think a little bit differently. When should I? Oh, no, I can't do that because then I'll be ignoring the children all afternoon. When can I, you know, maybe if I sit in the toilet for a bit longer, I can get a game. You know, I can get one in, you know. Your your passion for whatever it is that you love. What is it that you love? What is it that's changing your patterns? Is it that, that sporting team that you love? Yay, sports. Right? Because I know, I know that 38 minutes ago, the Rockets started playing the Bulls and James Harden's back. And I'm like, oh, I've got to check the score, but I shouldn't check the score because I'm about to preach. But, <laughs> but, but I know that it's happening because my passion for my team, it changes my patterns. So what if we were passionate for God? What if we were passionate for His kingdom? Right? And passion doesn't get created in a vacuum. I know that. Passion gets created when we encounter Jesus, when we have a moment of encounter where we know Him and we sense Him. Passion comes when I'm not satisfied with the status quo anymore. When I can see the status quo for what it really is. 
That might be in your home. That might be in society. That might be in, a, in, a, in an area of your marriage. It might be in your finance. It could be anywhere. When you're not satisfied with a status quo, let that turn into passion for God to change the situation. I mean, was it, was it like, uh, just how, how, how long ago were we talking about the Sabbath? Who's still working at the Sabbath every week? Right? Good. Four of us. Awesome. Yes, we made it. We made it. And next year we'll talk about it again. And in September, October, we'll all fall off the bandwagon. Right? Because you've got to plan for it. Because you've got to, you know, you've got to think about it. Because you've got to act on those plans. Right? It's not just about an, an idea or a revelation. It's about this needs to become a part of my world. Right? It's exactly the same with everything else that I'm passionate about. If I'm passionate for God, if I'm passionate for His kingdom, if I'm passionate for people to get saved, for people to find Christ. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the passion. That's the goal. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all the other things will happen. But there's a, there's a first priority. What do you adjust your schedule for? How many people watch the finale of the block? Yeah, we all adjusted our schedule for it. Ooh, it's on. What... what what about prayer? When was the last time you adjusted your schedule to pray? When was the last time that we went, oh, just, I'm going to get up 20 minutes early because I just need to seek God. Because I just need to pray for this person because this, this person's going through it and I need to pray for him. Because I need to pray for my leaders or I need to pray for our movement or I need to pray for my next door neighbour or I need to pray for this city or I need to pray for this society that's just spiralling. I need to pray. I need to pray. I need to adjust my patterns and adjust my lifestyle and adjust some things because prayer is powerful. And when we fail to exercise this most powerful gift... We fail to invite God in. And God's, God's there with his hands tied going, I really want you to pray because I really want to do some great stuff on planet Earth. But we just get so consumed with us, with me, with this, with that. You know, seek first, not, not a whole bunch of stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his goodness. Release that onto the earth. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.